a place for God to come. He built a temple for God to come and for uh, the people to meet with God and God to meet with the people because that's God's heart. And uh, he, in that process, he, he had to reinstitute the things that were on God's heart. I think about the fact that you guys have reinstituted and have this continual, like, is it glory nights or dwell nights or whatever you call it? Just like Solomon did, he put, he put the ministry of first love back in place where people were just able, the priests were able to just love on God and minister to him first and foremost. And so when he did that and he got the temple built, what happened? The presence of God literally came and began to fill the place. And I really, I, I really believe, and I just release that to you. That's what I trust God to do with you. Because you all have been faithful and have been obedient. It's not been easy. But it's God's desire to continually pour out even more of his presence and spirit upon you. So, well done. <laughs> Continue on. Continue steadfast in the Lord. So I, I just want to, um, I just want to uh, jump into the series uh, that you guys have been here. The questions Jesus asked. Is that what it was? That's the questions Jesus asked. And so Gary was like, uh, I was kind of checking in, and Gary, where have you guys been? What have you covered? And I think there's been two two questions you guys have covered. And he goes, here's a list. So he sends me this like web link to 135 questions that Jesus asked. And he's like, have at it. And I was like, okay. Uh, talk about wanting to be led by the Lord. I'm sitting here reading through all these going, oh boy, Jesus, like what, where do you even start here? But uh, I feel as though this morning God led me to this one. And, and so uh, we're just going to spend some time in the word and, 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 and allow God to, to reveal truth to us this morning. So, so the question that we're going to dig into this morning is, is that Jesus asked is this, does this offend you? Now, I don't know if this jumps off the, 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 uh, your heart and all of a sudden you're, you're putting in references in your head from the scripture. But this exact question actually comes from John chapter 6. So if you want to go ahead and turn in your Bibles to John chapter 6, that's where we're going to start. But really, we're going to start with that question. Jesus asked, does this offend you? Which is an incredible question. Uh, but, but really this morning, I just want to deal with the, this, this idea of offense. And so, um, Holy Spirit, help us here. So, uh, as you do, or as I do, I love to w- look up um, and, and find out, like, okay, what does this word offend mean, or offense mean? Actually, some of you in your translations, in John chapter 6, verse 61, actually is where we, we find this. Um, uh, let's see here. It, some of your translations may say, but Jesus, conscious that his disciples grumbled at them, or grumbled at this, said to them, does this cause you to stumble? Okay? So the Greek word for offend can be translated stumble. Okay? I'm not going to try to pronounce it to you, but it's, it's well, I am going to try to pronounce it to you. The, the Greek word is, is something like scandalizo. It would where, it's where we would get the idea and the word of scandalous from. Okay? And so when you look it up, though, it does mean, this word means a stumbling block or impediment in the way upon which another may trip or fall, to offend, so on and so forth. And when if you look up just scandalous, you see very, you know, you see the, uh, the definition as well as shocking or giving offense to the conscience. So we're drawn right away here, and, and uh, 
to this passage in John chapter 6, and I want to give you the context real quick of what's going on. So if you look at verse 53, we're going to start reading there and um, make a few points here. So John chapter 6, verse 53. So Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in yourself. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. For my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I in him. As the living Father sent me, I live because of the Father. So he who eats me, he also will live because of me. This is the bread which came down out of heaven. Not as the fathers ate and died, but he who eats his bread will live forever. These things he said in the synagogue as he taught in Capernaum. Therefore, many of his disciples, when they heard this, said, This is a difficult statement. Who can listen to it? But Jesus, conscious that his disciples grumbled at this, said to them, Does this offend you? Does this offend you? There's two things that we're going to see as we go throughout a couple of these examples um, about where offense kind of comes from. And this first one that I, I think we see from this is the idea of unfamiliarity. For not only the Jews, but for the disciples, this was an unfamiliar teaching. And let's face it, we could say this was a scandalous teaching. What's Jesus saying? Eat meat. That's weird. Right? It's, it's very odd. It's a hard teaching. But, but Jesus is like, hey, are, are, does this bother you? Can, can you not see, can you not hear what I'm actually trying to tell you? Look back at verse 62. What then if you see the Son of Man ascending to where he was before? It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and are life. But there are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were, who they were and who did not believe, and who it was that would betray him. And he was saying, for this reason I have said to you, that no one can come to me unless it has been granted to him from the Father. Now listen to this, verse 66. As a result of this, many of his disciples withdrew and were not walking with him anymore. So Jesus said to the twelve, you do not want to go away also, do you? Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Now, for us right now, and, and as I look around the room, I'm, I'm making the assumption that the majority of you have a relationship with Jesus. You get what Jesus is saying here. You have the revelation that what Jesus was talking about in this time was he was, he was talking about the fact that he was figuratively the bread of life. Which, when you look back in the Old Testament, we see that the bread that was given, even in the tabernacle of Moses, was symbolic of that bread that, was co- that would come in Christ, who was the bread of life. He even goes back and relates that to the manna that was given from heaven as a sign that this same bread that God gave out of heaven that would give you life, that's me. He wasn't really telling them, you're going to become cannibals if you follow me. But, but it, so, so we get that, right? 
But if you can, for a second, put yourself in that situation and go, man, what would it have been like to hear that teaching? What would I have done? If I thought this was Jesus in my midst, would I have been, would I, would I have been like one of the disciples who said, no, this is the time for me to check out. Because actually this unfamiliar teaching, this is, if another way to say that, this is a hard teaching. I don't know what to do with it. And, and, and kind of here's the little point from this passage that I want to just maybe bring home to us right now for this purpose is this. You know, we, we, we do uh, a really good job of cut and pasting out of the Bible. And, and, and really, it, it, some of that's not bad. What I mean is we find those passages of Scripture that encourage us, that make us feel good. You know, they go on our bathroom wall or our living room wall or wherever. And maybe it's on our phone, wallpaper screen. And it's those little words of encouragement. You know, but, but oftentimes we don't have on, you know, our, our, our um, you know, the wallpaper on our phone as an encouragement. Um, indeed, all who desire to live godly lives in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. I, maybe you do. Uh, I don't. I, I, I don't see too often, though you might see it a little bit, you know, the one that, that inspires us to put it up on our wall, you know, in our kitchen, make it look kind of like a cafe, you know, instead of saying, eat, pray, drink coffee, you know, you usually don't see, deny yourself, pick up your cross, and follow me. You get my point. My point is this, it's really easy in our day and age, especially if we've become familiar with the teachings of Jesus, and, and some of those cut and paste that are good, that we need to continue to remind ourselves, it's really easy to sometimes walk by the hard teachings of Jesus. And I'll be 100% honest, there's hard teachings in here sometimes that I still don't understand. There's some parables that sometimes I'm like, Jesus, you got to help me out with this. Because I don't understand it. Not even on a surface level, but okay, now I do have some kind of understanding, but you're actually calling me now to do the kinds of things that we prayed about earlier and sang about. Like you're actually calling me to surrender everything. What, what, what if you were reading the scripture and Jesus highlighted specifically for you, just like the rich young ruler, you know what, for you to take the next step in life, I want you to go and sell everything you've got and give it we familiar with those unfamiliar passages? Are we willing to sit in those? Are we willing to become like Jesus and let the hard teaching come in and come over us? Are we willing to deal honestly in them? My encouragement today is that we wouldn't be like those that said, okay, Jesus, this is getting weird. This is getting difficult. You're starting to ask more of me. You're starting to require more of me. And instead of saying, okay, this is the time where I'm going to check out, or I'm just going to go in neutral at this point, Jesus, I'm not going to go any further, that we would press into the scandalous teachings of Jesus. Because in that, we find what? The words of what? Spirit and life. In that also, and I'm not going to touch on this too much, we need that revelation. You know, we, we see that that in other passages like Matthew 16, which I often reference, you know, all of a sudden Peter has this, this, uh, this, this revelation of who Jesus is. And he calls him, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus says to him, that's right. Flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but the father has revealed this to you. Are you offended if you don't have revelation? Don't be. Press in to the scandalous teachings of Jesus. 
press in to see Jesus and his word for what they truly are, because in it is eternal life. Flip over with me to Matthew chapter 11 real quick. This is another passage where we see something else unfamiliar happen. Something else unfamiliar happen. John 11, verse 2. Now when John, who was John the Baptist, while imprisoned, heard of the works of Christ, he sent word by his disciples and said to him, Are you the expected one, or shall we look for someone else? Jesus answered and said to them, Go report to John what you see and you hear. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear. The dead are raised up, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. Listen to this. And blessed is the one who does not take offense at me. See, I think this is really cool because what was happening in this situation is John the Baptist had started, he was the forerunner. He was starting to build and make the way ready for Jesus to come in and start building his kingdom. But as many of you know, this was a kingdom that they thought was something that was supposed to look a certain way. They thought Jesus was going to actually take over in some kind of political realm and some political scheme and set up something brand new to be this, this, this new kind of function, this new kind of way that would see God's plans and purposes come as the Messiah. But this was John the Baptist, who was not only his cousin, but also this forerunner, and also the one who saw Jesus for who he was, that said, hey, look, there's the Lamb of God who comes to take the sins of the world. But for him, all of a sudden, what happened is, is his circumstances started changing. Things started getting a little bit harder. And the way in which Jesus started building his kingdom was contrary to what John perceived it was going to be or what he perceived it should be. And by what Jesus said at the end, blessed are those who are not offended, you know, uh, do not take offense in me. I think we could say that maybe he was hinting that maybe John was a bit offended. He wasn't sure. Jesus, is this really, are you really the one? Because it looks a lot different than what I thought it was going to look like. And the question I think for us is this. Are, are, Are we going to be offended if what God is building in this hour is someone else's life? Or what God is building here? If it's contrary to what I believe it should look like. If it's different than what I've always grown up church should be. Or it's different than what I always thought family should look like. Perhaps Jesus is doing something different in the home next to you than he's doing in your own home. And guess what? That's okay. But don't be offended by it. And, and, and maybe, maybe, I don't know, I, I don't think this is the case, but maybe there's some of you that are like, why are they spending all their time and money and resource to open up a place center? That's not what the church is about. The church is about out there winning souls, doing this, whatever, you know what I mean, going over here, whatever. Right, everybody has their different opinions, and there's nothing wrong with that opinion, right? There, there isn't. But Jesus kind of, he, he, he's pushing forward, he says, look, this, this is what my kingdom looks like. It looks like I'm going to set people free the way in which my father told me to set people free. And I'm going to get into this in, a, in the next little section, but I think there's something that the Lord is just highlighting to me, is we need to see that in each other. We need to see that it's okay if God is doing a different work in you, and it looks different, and it manifests differently than my own life. It doesn't mean that they're off. And it doesn't also mean that you're off. 
Because the work of the Holy Spirit is an intimate, personal work. He knows exactly what you need. He knows exactly what I need in my family. He knows exactly what Lisburn needs. And he also knows exactly what Newcastle needs. You know, we're not trying to open up happy days down in Newcastle. If God laid it on our hearts, we could, we should. Okay, great. Right? You guys tracking with me? Just because it's different in someone else's life or in a church down the street doesn't give us room to be offended because we serve the same Jesus. As 1 Corinthians 12 reminds us, Jesus is all the same spirit manifesting, working in different ways, but all one spirit doing the work to glorify Jesus. So don't be offended because just because the work in your life looks a certain way, it does not mean that the work of Jesus can look completely different or even, dare I say, opposite in someone else's life or a church down the street. Jesus is the builder, and he knows exactly what he's doing. And I love this, and I would say this too. I, I want to encourage you guys with this on this idea of building. For, for John, it was an unfamiliar way to see the kingdom advance, right? Uh, I don't know if, if any of you follow the Hebraic calendar, but this is actually the month of Cheshvan. Okay, I'm learning, I'm growing in this a little bit, but this is actually the eighth month of the, of the Hebraic calendar, of the Jewish calendar that, Jesus, or that God set up. And, and because it's the eighth month, it's actually the month of new beginnings, and, which I think is really cool for you guys. But also, the, the launch of the Hebraic New Year just happened this last period. It's launched into the first, this month of Cheshvan. Um, and it's the year of the house. It's the year of building the house of God. How cool is that? I just want to say you guys are, are, are in time in that. There's a beautiful alignment, whether you realize it or not, that God has orchestrated for this house to be built and released. And there's a, a timing for new beginnings. And I will say this. I believe this in a prophetic sense, that God is building He's building in all of us. I don't mean, I'm not talking about the physical part anymore. I'm talking about in all of us. And as the church, he's building us up right now. And so as he's doing that, let us, again, let all offense come away. Because if, if, if God was building an arm and I was a leg and I start going, Jesus, what in the world are you doing? Everything's supposed to look like this, not like this. And he's like, oh, you only see the legs. I'm a really good builder. Let me keep building you. But blessed are those who aren't offended by me. Okay. Um, one more here. There's a lot of other passages that we could look at. There's ones like Acts 10, unfamiliar traditions. Do, do, do we get offended like Peter when Jesus goes, hey, you know what? I want you to do something in my kingdom. First, I want you to see I'm going to pour my spirit out on people that you don't think should actually deserve my spirit. Do we ever get that way? Do we ever, do we ever go, oh, Jesus, well, you're asking me to eat food I've never asked. I, you're actually my whole life you told me never to eat it, which is, now am I literally talking about God? No. That's why he, you know, some of you vegetarians out there, I'm telling you, Jesus, actually, this is the word for you. Jesus is trying to teach us some truth. <laughs> Taste and see that the meat is good. Uh, sorry, getting off track there. But you know what? Here's the deal. I'll be honest. 
I've been eating more vegetarian lately than I've told you I'm eating, but anyway, and I'm enjoying that. Anyway, uh, but, but you guys get my drift. Cornelius and Peter, that whole, that whole thing. Again, Jesus is, is wanting to move us past the point where we have to see clearly what, who he is and what he's doing. And do you believe that he is always doing something new? Isaiah says it. So Isaiah 35, I had it in here somewhere. Someone help me with that. You know that passage. We all know it really well. Um, here, Isaiah 43, stop dwelling on the past. Don't even remember these former things. I'm doing something brand new, something unheard of. Even now it sprouts and grows in the church. Don't you perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and open up flowing streams in the desert. That's like, that's the season. And I don't, can any, do any of you resonate, resonate that, with that in your own life? Do any of you even feel a sense of tension, maybe, that's going on, a sense of transition, and you're going, I, there's some, God's doing something, I just don't have the words for it. Can, can it, someone nod if that, does anybody relate to that? Okay, a couple of you. Okay, good. Uh, but, but uh, and it's okay if it doesn't, it too, but, but, but I believe that the Lord is doing something. But if he's doing something new in me, that means he might be doing something new in someone else. And I need to see his eyes for that, Right? And see what God is doing. Okay, let me get back to this. Matthew chapter 13. So just flip two, two pages over here. And this is the last one we'll look at. This one now isn't really much about what was unfamiliar, but what could be offensive to us that is familiar. And I, and I kind of already did touch on this a little bit. Matthew 13, verse 57. Um, actually, jump back to verse... 53 to give us context when jesus had finished these parables he departed from there he came to his hometown and he began teaching them in their synagogue so that they were astonished and said where did this man get this wisdom and these miraculous powers is this not the carpenter's son is not his mother called mary and his brothers james and joseph and simon and judas and his sisters are they not all with us where then did this man get all these things? And they took offense at him. But Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his hometown and in his own household. And he did not do many miracles there because of their unbelief. There's a phrase we've been using around uh, down with the guys and gals in Newcastle lately. And it's this. We've been praying this, going, God, help us to see Christ. And, no, I'm sorry. Help us to trust Christ in the people around us. I was, uh, I have a friend who's a, past, or a, a preacher back in my home state of Indiana, and he's got an older brother who is, is, a, is a well-known minister on a national scale. He's a friend of ours as well. And um, I, I was at his church, and, and his brother, this, this well-known one, was, he was speaking that, that Sunday morning. And he, and he did an incredible introduction, and he was talking to him because they're brothers. And so, you know, he, he shared a little story, funny story about them fighting and stuff as kids. And, and you're like, oh, here's this man of God, and you're hearing these really funny stories, and so it's, it's great. But, but he, go, he kind of paused, and he goes, you know what, though, the Lord has been teaching me that I need to see my brother not according to the natural, but in the spirit. And, and it, that stuck with me for a couple years now. Because I was kind of like, I think I understand what you mean, but what do you really mean by that when you say that? And he goes, well, I, I have, he goes, I have to look at my brother who's very familiar to me. I have to look at him and I have to ask the Lord, Lord, I want to see him 
through spiritual eyes. I want to see him the way that you see him so that I can gain Christ in him and take what Christ in him is saying to me. So you see what happened to Jesus. He came into his hometown to build the kingdom of God, but everybody was so familiar with him. Oh, you're just, you're, oh, you're just that little kid we grew up with. Oh, no, I know your mom. I, you know, I, and, and the familiar actually is a place that actually fights against faith. What did Jesus say? Jesus said, because you've become, now this is my paraphrase, so familiar with who I am, you have no faith, you do not believe, so he didn't do any miracles. I wonder what would happen if we began to look around, even at the people in this room, maybe the people that we're the most familiar with, which is oftentimes the hardest, right, spouses? To see Jesus in them, (laughs) right? Because we're so familiar with them, but begin to recognize them with the eyes of Jesus, to begin to speak forward. I see this in you. I see the Spirit of God on you. I see what the Spirit of the Lord is doing in you, and I want to acknowledge that, and I want to believe Christ in you. So now I'm going to have receptive ears. I'm going to have a receptive heart to gain from you so that we would grow as true spiritual brothers and sisters in Christ and see this thing called the family of God knit together in ways that it's never been knit together before. Now, these are hard things. I'll be the first. This is hard. This is not easy. But, but my friend, when he was talking about his brother that way, and he just says, I just keep asking Jesus, let me see my brother with spiritual eyes. Let me see him in this way. And as he was introducing him, he began then to just speak about the things that he's seen in him in the spirit, not in the natural, in the spirit. Jesus is family and friends to people closest to him, the people that knew him the best. And they had a hard time with that. And I want to say this as well. Oftentimes we have a hard time seeing Jesus in other people, or maybe it's a hard time acknowledging maybe a leadership potential or even just good potential in someone because we know the things that they've done in their past. Or because we know the things that they just did the other day. Because we've become so familiar with them. And Jesus, and then all of a sudden we see Jesus use them in a powerful way. Or all of a sudden then we see them operate in a way that, that, that brings about God's kingdom. And we go, well, wait a second, how can that be? They don't deserve that. Oh, and then all of a sudden we start going, oh, no. Jesus is calling us, don't be offended. Don't be offended at the familiar, but let us see the way in which God sees us. Because if we have faith for Christ in each other, I believe we'll begin to see the miraculous begin to come out. We'll call it out of each other. Because anything in the kingdom happens in faith. Anything that happens in the kingdom happens because of faith. So if we, if we struggle to find that faith, if we struggle to find that beauty of Christ in other people, um, maybe there will only be a few miracles done among us. And I know that's not all of us, but we need to keep that in mind. So I don't know, is it the band? I don't know if you guys want to do any more. Um, if you do, great. If not, I can, uh, I can pray here. Simple word this morning about offense. Just a simple word about offense. Just a simple word about just hearing 
from heaven, maybe taking a step back and looking at our own hearts and saying, God, am I offended by some of the hard things that you're trying to teach me? Or am I don't want to even touch that because I don't want to be offended and I don't want to take the steps necessary to go where you're calling me to be? Are are some of you maybe uh, dealing with any kind of upset? Because of what God is doing in the people around you, because they become so familiar and it's hard for you to keep Christ in them. It could be in a lot of different ways as, as well. But Jesus asked the question, so I think it begs us to ask the question of ourselves Does any of this offend you? And our heart's desire is that we would live a life without offense before the Lord and before each other. And and I love the attitude of worship that's been here this morning about approaching the throne of God with mercy and with grace. And that's exactly the invitation that he has for us. So it's really that easy. It's really that easy of of, of turning and just saying, God, here's my sin. I've recognized that there has been some offense in me towards you, maybe towards your teaching, and maybe towards other people around me. I just want to lay that at your feet again today. And I want to walk in a new direction. God bless you. Thank you, Lord. Yes.